Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and uh, I'm one ugly motherfucker. And this week I'm joined by my co-host and friend and the man I'm going to say, get to the chopper, Jesse. How you doing, Jesse? Michael, you son of a bitch. I'm doing well. Thank you. I don't think we have the muscles to pull off that scene. I mean, no, we could like wear muscly arms and probably get the, the clap down. <laughs> Beyond that, yeah, I, I would have to do curls and eat 50 pounds of protein every day to even get close to that level of uh, bicep. So. Yeah, it's, it, it, that is a pretty wicked tread they have going on in that. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Give it up for Schwarzenegger and Apollo <laughs> Creed. Right? Yeah. Um, but someone who's listening who might be a little bit aware might be thinking we're going to be talking about a, a particular type of Predator movie, but we aren't going to be. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about new movie that just recently came out on uh, Hulu, Prey, which is a, another movie in the uh, American science fiction action horror film franchise uh, of the Predator franchise. <laughs> it is indeed a franchise. It's kind of a franchise in the way that the Cleveland Browns are a franchise, though. So I'm curious. Elaborate on that, Jesse. Some of us aren't sports fans here. Uh, not great. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. For the most part, really bad. I mean, to keep the metaphor rolling, was it really good when it first started or something? And then just to slowly limped along and then every once in a while you see like a slight pulse of excitement and then it goes back to just being bad. Oh, you want me to go real nerd on you. (laughs) Sports ball. Um, The Cleveland Browns did actually win some NFL championships in the 1950s and one in 1964 uh, before the AFL-NFL merger, uh, which we now have the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, um, not my worst metaphor for going by the facts. <laughs> All right. Well, perfect. With that uh, sports metaphor in there and this conversation, let's get started talking about Prey. Um our spoiler well basic one of our episodes here we'll do our spoiler free thoughts spoiler thoughts and then uh, i'll probably ramble at the end about certain things there's a certain revelation that um i'll probably share uh at the end that i just realized uh while starting this with jesse just now so we'll share that when we get to the end but uh you you had an epiphany yeah i know it's kind of a sad epiphany for me but yeah still an epiphany uh-huh. Uh, so not the you know, one that makes you happy, but rather, uh, yeah. Uh, um, I went, I went first, uh, last week, I feel like Jesse. So why don't you go first this week and why don't you just kick us off with your spoiler free thoughts on pray. 
Sure. So Prey was directed uh, by Dan Trachtenberg, who made 10 Cloverfield Lane and also directed an episode of The Boys as well as Black Mirror and stars Amber Midthunder, who does have a Native American heritage and has been in uh, various TV shows as well as you know, a couple of movies here and there. Sunshine Cleaning and Hell or High Water are the two that... Um, jumped out the most for me um but it is set in 1719 in the great plains so really it's a prequel to the rest of the franchise even though i guess technically it is a sequel as well (laughs) um and i kind of lost hope for this franchise michael after uh the predator came out i think in 2018 and that movie was real bad. It was it was really just not great. And it was the latest installment in what has been a very middling, disappointing franchise. And I just, you know, at that point I was pretty checked out. I didn't think this had I think this had anything else to show me. And you know, it was always just gonna be that that great eighties camp action movie that had an okay sequel and that you know went real cleveland browns in terms of bottoming bottoming out after that so um but i was intrigued by the concept i think this is a concept they should have explored a lot sooner than they did in which they actually go through various periods of history with Uh, various uh, civilizations and who have renowned warriors or, you know, cultures and things like that, uh, that actually confront the predator. I mean, that always seemed like it was a pretty smart idea to me to uh, take that approach. So I'm glad they did. Prey is a fun movie, dude. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed it. I thought um, it had a pretty simplistic approach to the story. Um, and it really takes its time, uh, kind of like the first movie did. I was reminded of the pace and sort of the build to, you know, how it gets to its climax. Um, of course, the predator being the antagonist of the film. And then also I was a little reminded of, you know, movies like alien, uh, which featured, you know, a female protagonist in a role that is generally reserved for a male action star and how she kind of proves herself, but also, you know, it's a coming of age story. And she also, you know, finds out some things about, you know, herself and, you know, all that type of good stuff. But I thought she was real solid. I thought the action was pretty good. I have a few nitpicky things, but for the most part, I was happy. And it was a, it was gorgeously shot, too. Some of the cinematography, I thought, was pretty breathtaking uh, out there in the wilderness and the scenery. And it, it had a cool score, too. I, I was listening to the soundtrack earlier today at work. So solid, solid movie. Uh, thumbs up. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's it's good to hear. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> Just thank God, man. We didn't get another shitty predator movie. 
I mean, I, I mean, this is it seemed like a real dark horse because I didn't hear about this movie at all until I think literally the uh, like the like a week before it came out. And even then, I just kind of saw like something about like Prey and it was like I saw like the girl. I didn't really see anything about the actual um, alien, which the species name is they uh, I didn't see anything about it. And I was just like, oh, OK, cool. It's like some sort of I don't know. It, at first, I was like, oh, it's some sort of like story about this girl dealing with, um, you know, colonizers showing up or something along those lines to 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 do harm to her and her and then she like you know and then i then i kind of like took a second look at like the title and i was like huh those little lines at the bottom of that look a little familiar to something else mm -hmm. and then i realized it's like oh this is a this is a predator franchise movie and so i was pretty excited i've watched all of the predator movies multiple times some actually i, sh I shouldn't say all of them i've watched most of them multiple times some like uh the 2018 the predator i watched once and then was like wow this is terrible and never watched it again yeah um, so yeah that was it but i've watched like you know alien versus predator i think i actually remember watching that when it came out in theaters i want to say at uh elvis cinema um nice yeah right uh <laughs> For, for those who don't know, Elvis Cinema is the the cheap movie theater in the Denver metro area. Yeah, you, that's where you go and watch them like after a thing, right? Or like after they've been out for a while, and they're like, "We oh, we got this up, so now it's only like five bucks." And you're like, "Oh wow, that's great! Let's go watch this." Um, yeah, you can go pay, watch a five dollar movie and eat kind of stale popcorn, so it, it's cool. I mean, hey, it's you know. Sometimes you, sometimes you really can't complain too much about it being too, uh, too stale, right? It's just... <laughs> I will never complain about only paying $5 for a movie. I also, yeah, exactly. I also don't care that much about popcorn, so that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't hurt me too much. No, fair. Um, but yeah, so I've watched quite a few of them. I really enjoyed them. I remember getting like a double DVD, double header um, when I was a kid of like Predator and Predator 2 and like watching it on repeat and stuff like that. So I'd, I have real appreciation for this series. So I was pretty excited and stoked about this. Um, watching it with uh, Lindsay, she hadn't seen any of the Predator stuff. Like um, she'd like, like had memory of it. She like worked at a movie theater for a while. So she knew like around it, but never like really watched anything. And so I was like, yeah, let's watch Prey. It'll be great. And so she was like, oh, oh all right, let's do it. Um, and so there are points of it where I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. I, I, I have to agree with you. I love this idea of like insert uh, classic, you know, predator story that we know, but like in a different time frame. I even saw yeah, uh, like a TikTok or something like that that was making a joke kind of around it being like um, like the movie pitch guy on YouTube. But it was a little yeah. bit more jokey where he was just like, oh, like, you know, it, he acts like he does a big thing of cocaine. And then it's just like, all right, all right, give me another movie pitch. Uh, 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 uh. And he's like, Predator, but like in um, uh, feudal Japan. And, you know, there's a parallel between uh, uh, this master and a swordsman and his apprentice. And this master has lost all respect and has to like train this, the young swordsman and 
then you know there's this uh same thing with the elder predator and the younger blah blah, blah. And he just like goes like like obviously making a big joke about everything but like goes off on a <laughs> goofy yeah. tangent about it and it was like really fun to like be like yeah that's something i would enjoy watching some sort of like feudal japan predator movie with like the idea of like ninjas and um as like movie ninjas not actual ninjas because that's very different but like you know and that whole structure and idea of like a swords master and that but then i was also thinking like you they could just do what like assassin's creed kind of was doing for a while which was like all right uh assassins but in this time frame and then assassins on like pirate ships and stuff so um the funny thing about that is the gal who did the score, I think, actually worked on an Assassin's Creed video game. So, oh, fun. Coincidental. Very fun. I didn't know that. Um, Sarah Schechter is her name. She did Assassin's Creed Valhalla and also worked on Origins and Unity. Oh, solid. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, exactly. So I think I think that was like a fun concept. So I was really down for it. Um I do like the cast. Uh, I love the fact that they did take a lot of um, actors that are and have native and uh, native ancestry. Yeah, I think that's I mean really important. Um, I love the fact that they actually did uh, have the actors come back and redo their lines, and so there is a dub cast of the entire movie in Comanche. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and I wanted to ask you about that, but we mm-hmm. can wait for the for the spoiler section okay. as part yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. When I watched it, and then I did a little research. Now I, I now I have a question about it, but we'll we'll get to that. No, agree. There was I had uh, I I think I know where the question's coming, uh, Jesse, and I had this. I think I had probably a similar question and a basic uh, a, a kind of a a knowledge around it. And I was like, hmm, pondery. Yeah, um, it was one of my nitpicks, but after doing research, it might not have been as big of a deal as I thought it was. But we'll get, again, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there. Um, so I, I love the fact that they, they you know, appropriate. Uh, I appreciate that they have the representation there. That it's a different story. It does have a very alien feel to it, like you said, with the strong female protagonist uh, doing what is traditionally seen as that male action hero thing, uh, as well as kind of subverting a few of our expectations for a predator movie. Sure. Um, but also keeping a lot of like, but not like resting too heavy, heavily on the original, um, like, you know, predator predator Two stuff that really established a lot of these tropes for this franchise moving forward. Um, yeah. It's interesting. You were talking about watching it with Lindsay who isn't as well versed in the predator mythos or what have you because you really don't need to know anything about the franchise yeah it 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 makes itself accessible to everyone oh yeah no i think that's a big thing too and that's why i wanted it like when we watched it i was like being like oh that's like a line or like they're doing like they're paying an homage or like that's a direct callback uh Mm -hmm. to like another predator movie um and then after we watched this we she actually was just like okay i was like you you want to watch predator the the original movie and she's like yeah sure i guess so and i was like cool just to be clear it is a very like very different a very different movie um 
it is it is definitely of its time um so i was like it's an 80s it's an 80s action movie so just keep that in mind with the slight twist of being a horror movie so um i did have some kind of issues like it kind of felt a little uh cartoony towards the end of it that i wasn't super excited about um yeah but i still think it was a real it, it was good it's probably the best predator movie we've got a predator addition to the franchise uh that we've gotten in a very long time and i'm th- i'm saying that and in, including like predator 2 was probably the last really good one that i really enjoyed so yeah yeah and predator 2 for me was kind of a mixed bag it, it's definitely watchable you can sit down and enjoy it for what it is but it i think leaned even more heavily into the camp in the 80s cheese than the first one did and at a certain point they just kind of lose me with that type of style but uh i agree as well that after that one i mean i remember watching alien versus predator in high school i think i was given alien versus predator requiem on dvd by my dad who got it from one of his friends so <laughs> it had already been passed around twice by the time it got to me which I think tells you all you need to know about that movie. Um, and then Predators was just fine. I thought that movie was kind of silly. And then, the like we already talked about, the Predator was not good either. Um, so it was really, really refreshing. It was a big relief to see this, you know, famous movie character kind of, getting his edge and his respect back or their edge. It may not necessarily be a he, but uh, Predator kind of being restored is, you know, uh, a respectable, <laughs> a respectable character in a, in a movie that can be serious. And, you know, it doesn't have to have all the camp to, I think, provide some of the things that people loved about, you know, the first one. So, Yeah. It was brutal. Some brutal kills in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. Um, and that, that's something I really enjoy about. Like, they didn't shy away from some of this stuff where they actually were like, nope, this is going to be a, a brutal movie. We're going to watch it. You're going to, you know, this is going to happen. Chill out. Don't worry. And it's like, yeah, OK, cool. This is fun. Green yeah. blood, people dying. S- s- sadness happens um moral moral codes of the predator are upheld um all that fun stuff i thought you know it was probably pretty realistic given the time period (laughs) yeah so yeah i'm i'm glad we're on the same page i enjoyed it i if you've been if you feel you've been disenchanted with the predator franchise you know definitely check this one out i think you'll hopefully like it if not you at least won't feel like you wasted an hour and a half of you of your life like you have for the last four movies so <laughs> in retrospect isn't that high of bar to to jump over but no but that makes it so sad that none have been able to clear it until now it's <laughs> not like we're trying to remake star wars or lawrence of arabia here or anything like that it's it's pretty low bar yeah we're just trying to remake an action movie <laughs> from the 80s that's all fun action movie can you do it yes no Uh, actually sorry no is the answer to that question (laughs) no 
They have failed. That's where the narrator comes in from Arrested Development. No, they cannot do it. But cool. Um, I think I hit on most of the things spoiler-free that I wanted to, unless you had any other thoughts, Mike. Uh, No, I don't think so. I think, yeah, pretty much spoiler-free thoughts of the entire thing is... It was a fun movie. They 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 did a good job. Yeah, kudos to Trachtenberg. I liked Ten Cloverfield Lane too, so I hope he winds up doing more. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to get into spoiler thoughts, Jesse? Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So, starting off the spoiler section, one of the parts of the movie that confused me and frustrated me when I first watched it. Um, first off. The uh, this tribe of you know American Indians, they all communicate in English, which you know that's a pretty standard trope in you know American cinema. So whatever. Um, but then she encounters the French fur trappers, and they're all talking in French, and they have a translator, and he winds up communicating with. Uh, I think her character's name is Naru. Uh, that's who Mid Thunder plays. Um, he communicates with Naru in English, and that's how he can translate back to them what she's saying. And I thought at first I was like, "Huh, eh, that kind of feels like you guys misstepped there. Uh, you did a good job with your indigenous casting and your representation, but why? I don't understand why this part has to be in English if these guys are, you know, speaking their native language over here." But then I did some research and I saw that they shot the film in English, but then they also did a Comanche dub as well. So can you actually watch this movie with everyone, with all the the tribe members speaking Comanche? Yeah. So you can actually go back and watch it and it will have everybody, uh, all the tribe speaking Comanche as well as that translation scene being in Comanche. Um, So that's, that's what I would have preferred, but I, I had no idea that was an option. I just booted up the movie and like, here we go, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I watched it, um, with, I, I don't know the, the original, uh, dialogue. I, it feels weird saying that I, I, but what they had started with recording and I learned afterwards when doing some research about it too, uh, of like being, Hmm, this is odd. And I actually looking into that found that the director talked about, uh, cause I was talking to Lindsay. I was like, man, I wish more movies in moments like this did what, and I'll, I'll consistently talk about this, uh, as what movies should always strive for is in the movie hunt for the red October. There is yeah. a prime move mo- moment. And most people know what I'm talking about. If you, you know, have seen the movie and stuff like that, where they start off speaking Russian in the Russian submarine. I know crazy, but what happens is, is as they're singing the national anthem uh, for Russia, there's a slow transition from Russian to English. And then so from that moment on, we know that when we're in the Russian submarine and we're hearing them speaking English, we're actually hearing them speak Russian. It's just being translated into English. Right. And mm-hmm. I always think that that is the best possible like that right there just is such a setting of expectations it delivers on what's happening it's very clear for the audience to to understand what's going on and it disappoints me consistently that more movies don't do things like that i saw that the director talked about that and actually said we could never find our hunt for the red october moment right Mm -hmm. um 
he said specifically like we can't i i we couldn't figure it out it wasn't we couldn't understand where the transition could be for that to be understood and i kind of get where he was saying but it was a little frustrating that it was unclear to me as like a like in a critical eye type thing i think yeah. the comanche dub is great i love that i think it sh we should do more of those types of things and give those people the opportunity to do that but also i f struggle with my suspension of disbelief when they're speaking english and then they throw in a comanche word and then they yeah. or they say like a few sentences uh, a sentence in comanche and i understand that not everything can translate like i get it that's the entire reason that you know, the United States military used uh, wind talkers in World War II because languages, you can't break a code that's a language because it's not a code, it's a language. And so I understand some things don't translate, but it was just very weird that then subsequently, you know, the French translator speaks to them in English, but, but they've also used Comanche at other points. And so it just kind of was, yeah. it, it, it felt really weird and kind of loose. And I would have preferred if they had, it, I, I'd really think it would have been a much better if they could have done the, like they figured out the Comanche thing. If it was, I don't know, just a brief thing is like someone calling out her name or they're like having a conversation, like at the start of her day where we see that, right. We see her start the day. Everyone's speaking Comanche, everyone's speaking Comanche. And then somebody's, you know, she like drifts off and like you hear you hear somebody calling her name a Comanche Comanche. And then when they finally wake her up, they're speaking English type thing. So I don't know. It just that kind of disappointed me because I was like, man, this could have been like a real true like showcase of what this is happening. So the other thing, though, uh, and this is why I got on looking this up, mm -hmm. um, the. <laughs> And this this is kind of and I wonder if it was just because this is the command uh, the Comanche language was what they could everyone could speak, but the Comanche weren't really in that area of the Great Plains uh, sure. during that time frame. So it's kind of odd, or at least as we know historically, it's kind of odd that they picked the Comanche for that area. Mm -hmm. um that it's set in because it wasn't something they they weren't really in that area so why would you choose them to especially interact with like french tr fur trappers right like that doesn't make sense if they were never actually interacting with french fur trappers like why would they be there um and they wouldn't be interacting with these people and, it's, and so historically it's not very accurate i don't know i'm saying historically accurate we're talking about it an but alien not. an alien horror action movie but like it was just kind of one of those things where i was like thinking about i was like couldn't we get another uh, could we try to represent another tribe that was actually living in that area that actually could have had these interactions and it might and like i said uh, a few seconds ago here is that it might just be that the fact that the comanche nation um was who they could talk to and like they could get the language and they can kind of get some, maybe that's like, I'm, I don't, I, I couldn't find anything on that. So I don't know, but it was just kind of an odd thing is that the Comanches were normally seen as like the Southern Plains tribes. And this was more Northern. So I don't know. Yeah. They filmed in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 
I hear what you're saying, and it's it's frustrating in the sense that they do such a good job of the immersion of this setting and this world, this time period in which they're inserting a predator and they're being very careful. Like they're using like the same toothbrush that uh, these, these people used back then, you know? So they get in the nitty gritty with the details on things like that. And then it feels like they were kind of lax in other areas. And like you said, maybe they just couldn't figure out a way around it, but it just, it feels kind of clumsy especially that scene and i just don't it bothered me when they were communicating with this comanche female in um in english and then all the other languages were represented so i don't know about the red october moment maybe you know that really was something they couldn't find or maybe they just didn't realize where they could have inserted it i think i would have preferred that the movie was presented with the Comanche dub and like it's normal, like that's the one that boots up when you go to watch because then that wound up being a nitpicky thing for me, you know, rather than something that I think would have heightened that sense of immersion. Yeah. So it's that, that whole part is, is kind of clumsy. I, I think that's probably my biggest nitpick with the movie as a whole with, with how that was handled. Yeah. It is kind of, yeah <laughs> an unfortunate nitpick um, yeah one of the other things that bothered me a little bit and i understand um naru is you know she dreams of being a great warrior like her brother she doesn't her hunter if you will she doesn't have the experience but we know she's going to have the chops unfortunately in the beginning of this movie, of course, they're trying to do the arc where eventually, you know, she gets some experience, she fails a couple of times, and by the end of the movie, she's becoming that very capable hunter uh, that she wants and aspires to be. But, you know, this is a fucking predator, dude. <laughs> this is not, you know, training to kill a mountain lion or even a bear. You know, this this is the apex predator, if, if you'll... Uh, allow me that um so at the beginning or in the first act of the movie when you know she's having trouble taking down a mountain lion for me the viewer and you know this might not matter as much for people who haven't seen or aren't as well versed with the other predator movies but for me it's like lady if you can't handle this mountain lion that predator is gonna fucking waste you at the end of this movie <laughs> like no problem so i I feel like they didn't make her, they didn't give her enough shine as a hunter or a warrior earlier in the movie. And that kind of, you know, you talk about suspension of disbelief, it kind of threw that off for me. I, I had a hard time buying that she was going to get to a point where she would actually be able to kill a predator. Very fair. I think that's, and yeah. it's a shame because she was really good in the role and I was invested in her character and was behind her and all that. But I just felt like, you know, you, lady, we need like another movie <laughs> to train up enough uh, to be able to, you know, take down a predator. Yeah, it it kind of did feel like we saw her being, quote unquote, a good hunter. Um, but also at the same time, it just kind of felt like, yeah, she was getting pushed around a lot. 
And then everything that, and that's, I do think they did a good job in that where they do have so many things that lead up to every, uh, every moment has some sort of lead in, has some sort of payoff uh, for um, the end fight scene. Like there's nothing that she like just suddenly comes out of nowhere and is able to do like there, it truly does actually like, you know, it like the, the whole beaver story and stuff like that like them talking about the beaver that bit their like bit its um arm off to live like that's a real like you know that that then comes back later when it when she causes the predator to cut its own arm off type thing right so sure. i think it does a good cool fun job in like paying off those expectations that we have but Big, but it just kind of feels like really like, like I was saying Gumby, right? It felt like the axe, her putting that that string on the axe, um, was like one of the dumbest things I've seen in, in a very long time because it did not feel realistic whatsoever. It felt very artificial and fake looking. Like I don't, I don't know if you've ever thrown. I, I mean, I feel like uh, I mean potentially have Jesse. But I feel like um, I've thrown tomahawks before, and sure. sometimes when you throw a tomahawk and it goes in, uh, <laughs> you can't just pull it out. Like that's not how it works. Like you have to like sit there and you have to really crank on it to get it out of whatever you have it in. So, and sometimes it hits with the blade facing away and just falls into the dirt. And you look like an idiot. <clears throat> yeah. Right. But like that was just like something I was just like, okay, I was like, sure. Yeah. Like I, I kind of understand it. Like, yeah, pulling the ax out, but like sometimes it gets embedded in there. Like you can't guarantee like, yeah, even if you're hitting it every single time, you can't guarantee you can just rip it right out with like a, like I've done it where I've had to like physically like crank on it up and down, up and down, up and down to like loosen it in the wood. And I'm not saying a predator <laughs> limb is as strong as like, you know, a, a piece of wood or something like that but being said it's still kind of like i don't really believe this this feels a little too cartoony for my taste in this moment um well it i don't have a problem at all with her you know taking her lumps throughout the course of the movie because that's what this is all about right she's she's gotta get knocked down a few times in order to you know become the hunter that she wants to be but although I do respect the very brisk runtime, the hour 40 minutes, and it, it keeps a real nice pace for this film, and I wish more movies did that. I also think, you know, why not, you know, add a, you know, a couple of scenes here and there, maybe, you know, earlier in the movie, you know, all the other hunters, you know, are failing at, you know, getting this one animal and then she swoops in out of nowhere and like oh, lops its head off or something or you know that one you know lead hunter that she was in conflict with you know towards kind of the middle of the movie and they have you know that fight scene you know maybe that's somebody she tosses with throughout and he usually gets the best of her but you can see her slowly starting to make that progress to where you know she's getting better than he is i just feel like they ask you to take a really big leap of faith in order to buy into her prowess as a warrior. And it's a shame again, because like you were alluding to, she really 
does use her intellect and her acumen to kind of level the playing field a little bit. She notices that the predator, you know, can only really sense uh, living things by their body heat and then uses that against it in the climax. So, which is an homage to Arnold, which is what's pretty cool. Um, But, uh, you know, just more, can we get more of a natural progression showing the buildup to where, yeah, it's still an underdog story and a giant mismatch, but maybe, you know, maybe David is going to take down Goliath this time. And I feel like they just kind of stumbled a little bit in that regard. And then you get to the end and, you know, acts on a string and we're, we're having to really suspend our disbelief in some ways. And I feel like they, they undercut their attention and their uh, dramatic lead a bit. Yeah. And again, it's being nitpicky, but I see a good movie and I notice these things. I'm like, Hey, you guys, you were really close to making something like really fucking like legit and, and special. And you would have made it if you had just cleaned up these few areas here. Yeah. I think there's, there's fun to be had here. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I'm talking about these now because I, you know, dropped so much praise on this and the, the spoiler freeze. <laughs> so, uh, it, it was a, it was a great time, but yeah. those are, those were some of the things that, I, I think held it back a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately so. You do get some good social commentary though. Like she walks, you know, she's on the plains and there's all those buffalo who are all just skinned and rotting in the sun. And oh, that was the French fur traders who did that, you wasteful bastards. Yeah, but they, but they, that, that's like one of the things that bugged me was like, cause I looked that up and I was like, that's not really what the French fur traders were doing. Like that's, they they were doing that they were like it was like uh beaver pelts and stuff like that so the great like those giant thing of bison killing was an american thing during like the settling of the west like that's what they used to do so it was kind of weird like i like the commentary but also you're not putting the commentary where it actually goes so kind of seems like that was a trend yeah <laughs> yeah they they have protests over this in france we love buffalo <laughs> yeah, um, i know it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like okay cool like i appreciate i appreciate what you're doing but also you're not like representing the situation correctly at all and yeah which, you know, I think, unfortunately, is some of those generic American style tropes that it just it, it holds it back from being as good of a film as it could have been. But right. Also, I have just kind of a nerd question about the Predator franchise as a whole. I know that it's the Xenomorph, and I guess we're going into the Alien franchise a bit too. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the Xenomorph has acid blood you can't right. get that blood on you it hurts it, it hurt real bad um predator blood is it just glow or does it have some of those effects too because i feel like i remember 
that was not great for humans either when they came back, when they came in touch with predator blood. And yet he severs the guy's head and then covers her face with the blood to uh, signify the kill. Yeah, no, the alien blood is acid, but predator blood is just like highlighter green. Um, There's nothing bad about it. It doesn't burn you. It doesn't burn you, yeah. I think, are you talking about an AVP? Probably. Uh, Yeah, that one. So he takes like a, I remember that because it's a very, it's actually, it comes up later in like some comics and stuff like that. He like takes one of the fingers of an alien and dips it in the blood and then the alien's blood and then burns the symbol on her face of like, you've been, you've been blooded in the alien culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I think I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, no, it just gl- glows green. That's really it. Well, that's um, cool. That's not going to help her very much when she's hunting. So. No. Yeah. It kind of seems like actually a pretty counterintuitive thing to <laughs> want on yourself when you're hunting. But, but hey, um, hardcore. She under- yeah. She earned it. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of some of the fun stuff too. Is that the alien uh, franchise has a pretty big mythos. Um, some of the cool things uh, about it that I. I, I thought was interesting. I'm not going to get super annoyed like uh, some corners of the internet have. Uh, I don't like the design of this Predator. Um, I think he no. looks like he's got weird googly eyes. Um, I noticed and, he did look different. Yeah, so apparently, and this is more research, the director talked about how, um, and I, I'll even kind of, run it back just a little bit um the director talked about like wanting to do kind of a different story um he remembers when he was younger he always heard about the scene in the first movie um where billy the the guy that like is their tracker on the log right and he's kind of like holding off the predator for like a few seconds for everybody to get past Mm -hmm. um and he always had heard rumors and like it was rumored at the time that like they did actually shoot a scene for that. But it was like either too brutal or like audience didn't like it or something like that. And so they cut it from and it was like only showed at the very first release and then it got cut from all subsequent releases. Wasn't mm-hmm. true. Uh, they just never filmed it. Right. Um, so he had heard that. And so he thought he's like, I want to do a story about like that character. Right. Like that moment, like. I think I think Billy from the original movie should be the main character. And so that's kind of what this movie was his idea around. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, he he wanted to do this movie. He wanted to kind of do this conversation around that idea of Billy being the main character. So he wanted to do this whole mo- new movie. And so he wanted to add some new f- parts to it, though, obviously. And one of the new parts he wanted to add was that this predator is still part of that predator culture, but he's a different predator, not like how there's different predators in uh, that the 2018 movie uh, that was real crap. Um, (laughs) uh, The Predator. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to do it as like a, this is a predator from a different part of the planet. It's more arid. It's more... um, dry that's why his like dreads are more waxy 
and um, he wanted to do it in a way that it was like, oh, this is a different creature than what we're used to, quote unquote, with predators. And it's just kind of weird to me that he, they did it because then it's like, but why would he be so different than every other kind of predator we've seen up to this point, excluding the ones that came out in the predator because those were like genetically modified mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. And it's just so weird to me that they were like, yeah, we're going to do it like this. And then they like make him so weird and different. And then like a few hundred years later, we don't see that type of predator ever again anywhere. Like, it's only a few hundred years and sure. they all look very different. And we never see that like the, the giant size mandibles, the uh, like the, like the skin, like more scaly looking and stuff like that. Like, I like the idea that he has where he's like talking about like, yeah, like this is the reason. And this is the reason. And like, it's very detail oriented on like why this guy looks different. And I like that, but also why, like, why is this like the only time we've ever seen this one? Right. So yeah, that it just doesn't come across, I think, in the way that the director had hoped, you know, because, well, we as the audience, we don't get any of that context when we're watching the movie. We yeah. don't have anything that came before this to kind of put that in perspective and frame that for us. So we're really just left for those who have seen the other movies with, well, that predator just looks kind of weird. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, and that's it. So I, I can understand, you know, wanting to mix it up a little bit and, you know, I guess, you know, provide um, some cues that yes, predators have their own civilization, much like humans, they don't all look the same, but it just didn't really, you know, work out. I think the way he wanted it to, because we we don't know any of that just by watching the movie. No, yeah, I, I again, this is like, I think that's kind of goes to its credit. It gave me like a lot of things of being like, hey, I want to look this up. Hold on, question mark here. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Why is it like that? So, yeah, I mean, I did have fun looking a lot of this stuff up, but like some of the answers I found were just like kind of like because they wanted to or because they couldn't figure it out. And I'm just like, well, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I wouldn't say they they knocked this one out of the park in every way. They, it was a nice ground rule double, though, which is <laughs> a lot better than what we've been getting. We've been we've been striking out at the plate in the Predator franchise for a long time. Yeah, real hard and real painful, it feels like. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's that's weird. Um, but otherwise, you know, I I wanted to talk just a little bit more about that cinematography. I I really do love those nice wide shots they got on location. You can see all the scenery. It does make this you know world in this time period that we're existing in really feel like it's overwhelming, and all of these people are really just specks on in this native environment and then you know just making the predator that much more menacing as a result you know for all the different places he can hide and you know you know snipe these people from the trees and stuff <laughs> do predator things so i thought the camera work was really impressive and i really love when you get those really nice panning shots and then the score is kicking in on top of that. 
you know, it just makes you feel like, oh yeah, we're we're on a fun adventure now. This this is cool. So it it provided some of those classic filmmaking tropes in a way that a lot of the other movies in the franchise really haven't. And the even the first one, which really, you know, was really in tights, you know, making you feel like you were overwhelmed in this jungle and kind of doing some of those same things, but then not having all of the camp on top of that. So it really was a, a unique film for the franchise in that respect. Yeah. Um, so I think I want to talk a little bit more and this kind of the, the weird end part of this, we usually randomly talk about things at ranting. Um, yeah. So, Jesse, yeah, have you ever um, read any of the DC Alien slash Predator crossover stuff? I have not. <laughs> well, um, one of my favorite comics of all time is Batman vs. Alien, and, <laughs> and it is amazing. The great thing is because it's, uh, you know, it's Warner Brothers. So like they still control like they have like their their little uh, pudgy pink fingers and like all this stuff. But um, I, I know we're talking about a, a Predator movie, but like I'm pretty sure there's a ba- I'm Batman versus Predator. Yeah, there's another one like that. Um, but I remember reading it. There's Batman versus everything. <laughs> right. Universe, so. Yeah. So. Um, uh, in batman verse verse alien he has to battle aliens and at one point the major spoilers uh some government lady person builds uh makes <laughs> some um aliens uh uh that are like based off of you know classic uh batman <laughs> uh villains and stuff like that which are really fun yeah um, so but I think that's like kind of one of my favorites is like Batman versus Predator and Batman versus Alien, uh, just because it's just Batman doing Batman things and going against these like otherworldly powers and beings that are like probably definitely not canon to like the overall DC uh, timeline and stuff like that. But they're fun. <laughs> I mean, I love the concept, <laughs> and sure, I you know Batman versus anything is is going to get a watch. Or, or at least intrigue my or pique my interest, if you will. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Trachtenberg, get Matt Reeves on the phone, who apparently is allowed to do whatever he wants at, at DC these days. And yeah, let's let's get a Batman Predator movie going. <laughs> It'd be great fun. Yeah, who cares if it doesn't fit? Nothing fits in the DCU. It's all a mess. Just have fun. <laughs> Some of the other fun things about the movie uh, I thought was cool was also how they've um, consistently brought back the whole um, limb severing thing. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's always a thing that happens in Predator. Or it's, uh, since the um, first one, it was like one of the guys getting his arm severed and then all the other ones have been so far has been like somebody predator getting their arm severed. Like they did in the second one where he takes a little, the, the smart computer disc and he cuts his arm off before he can blow up the, the grenade or blow up their mind thing. And then 
uh, and this one with him cutting off the arm, it's like a nice little homage. It's it's very Star Wars, uh, Marvel referencing type thing. That's kind of fun to see. And mm-hmm. um, it is interesting to kind of like look at the and understand the technology of it with like the three little dots and everything else like that. Um, yeah. And like the, the plasma caster and like the all the cool. Um, all the cool stuff that they do with the um predator technology with the, like the contracting nets and like the shield and this one was particularly awesome so yeah well i liked that sequence where the mouse gets eaten by the snake and then the snake becomes alert again because it, it senses the predator and the predator just just yeah. shoves its blade right through it so it's like uh, you know, survival of the fittest almost, which was mm-hmm. cool. But then the other sequence where the predator kills, I think it's a wolf, and yeah. then takes it back to its cave, and it's literally just melting it down to the skull so it has that trophy that it, it can hang on to. So Yeah, and I think that, and that's where I think some, t- like, we, I, I feel like we were really harsh on the spoiler section, but, like, we didn't talk about some of this. But I like those, like, see, and that's the things, like, yeah. you see these small moments that like tell you more about the story. Like the reason the snake like attacked the mouse and then like got scared by the predator is because it's right. It senses heat similar to the predator. Right. So it knew that the predator was there because even with the, the camouflage, which I do appreciate was kind of a little bit weaker quote unquote. I mean, it seemed, it seemed to work a lot better than the, uh, the stuff that was in the, the the early late eighties, early nineties cloaking stuff for the predator, but we'll just chalk that up to VFX. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the snake would still see the predator standing there. So it's kind of a fun thing that it was like, oh, like, yeah, that makes sense that the predator would like, you know, that's kind of a symbol, uh, a, like a, a situation, like it tells a story and then like him melting down the skull. Like, that's really cool because we see them taking trophies um, in all the other movies. We see them like ripping out spines, skinning people, uh, pulling out skulls and that type of stuff. So it's cool to see like potentially a step in that process that I don't really, we don't really ever see. Like I remember him polish uh, the predator polishing uh, jungle predator in predator two is what he's called. But like later gets like lore. I think his name is ghost or something like that. Um, But he's like polishing a skull. And we see that a few times. I don't think we ever really see like some of the chemical stuff, like how they get to the particular skulls and things like that. So that was fun. Yeah. World building. It adds to the lore. Those details, I thought, were all handled very well. Shit, when the Predator is just throwing down with those Comanche hunters in that, I think it's towards the middle of the film, and they get kind of their licks in a little bit, and it's pretty intense, and then the Predator just will, like, fucking just go ape shit on one of them and hack off an arm or, like, knock a guy into a tree and slice his head off and things like that good gory fun yeah and kind of the reason that i feel like they did a good job too and this is again one of the failings i feel like they didn't tell this like they there's so much extra story you have to know afterwards having to read the the the, when you go to a play and there's like a center like a centerfold that like tells you about the history of like when the play was set and like things that were happening time-wise um and it's like it's entire job in theater it's for a, a dramaturg um and they spend that time and they put that there for you to be able to read it and know more about the play because like maybe you don't know the contextual situations that are happening in it. I feel like we needed that for this movie because I learned later that this predator apparently 
is like a young predator. And so mm -hmm. he hasn't gone through his like blooding ceremony, but he wants to prove himself um, like our main character does. And these are like these nice parallels, right? Like our main character wants to prove herself and this predator wants to prove themselves and they aren't fully blooded yet, both of them. And so now they're trying to go out and prove that they're fully blooded. And that's why he's particular, the predator and this is particularly aggressive is because he's trying to find the best kill or like the strongest opponent so he can like prove himself to the rest of his tribe but we don't get that in any story like we don't see him like stealing his dad's hunting equipment and you know jumping in the jeep and running off down the road to find you know to go hunting we don't see that we just see what we know is like an alpha killing machine and that's it so it's one of those fun things, but also one of those things that's like, I wish you would have spent a little bit more time telling us this story or giving us another way to see the story. So, yeah, he wasn't flipping off his dad with one of his predator fingers while <laughs> speeding away or anything. Yeah. But... That's, that's tough, man. I don't know. Because again, you don't get any of that predator context. You just assume this is business as usual. Right. Predator, like, you don't question it very much what its purpose is or what it's trying to do. It's, you know, it's living up to its nature. You know, it's a killing machine. Like that, it, it hunts and gets trophies, right? Like that's what it does. Like that's what yeah. we know from predator movies. And um, only in like AVP, do we have any sort of like backstory to be like, no, the whole hunting of the xenomorphs is like a, is a rite of passage for them. Like that's like the thing they do. They have to just keep killing things. Um, finding bigger and badder and like the Z killing xenomorphs is like the like one of their rites of passage right so we don't mm. get that here in this movie so it's hard for us to understand yeah. you would have had to really beef up this script a little bit to even I think come close to accomplishing something like that and then are you losing what made this great in the first place and that it, it is very simplistic so I can understand wanting to go for those, those parallels. That's, you know, I, that's always cool when they're able to do that between the antagonist and the protagonist. But I, I don't know. I think they would have lost some of what made this movie work if they explored that further. But I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll try that in, uh, what'd you say, feudal Japan? Yeah, feudal Japan. Exactly. That would be, that'd be a fun one. Some, some samurais. Getting yeah. involved, yeah, yeah. I really, if nothing else, I really hope this was a sign to 20th Century Studios and everybody else in Hollywood that this is a simple concept, but it it works so well because it's just it, it's fun to see, you know, these kind of fantasy matchups, if you will, of you know, <laughs> a predator versus Comanche warriors. So maybe they'll take that and run with it a little more and, and give us the predator and some more time periods. Maybe we will see Batman versus predator someday. <laughs> Guarantee I would see that movie. So who knows, but I hope this is not just an outlier and an actual step in the right direction for this franchise. And I hope they take this to heart and do more stuff like this. Yeah. We can, we can only hope. We can unlike, only hope. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, unlike my hopes of ever seeing uh, the movie 
uh, adaptation of one of my favorite books by Michael Crichton, Prey, because now this movie's taken that. And as I expressed to Jesse earlier, when I was trying to Google Predator so I could have like the original series if I wanted to pull up anything, it just redirected me to Prey. Uh, so damn you algorithms. Um, Which is weird because Predator is on Hulu right now, too. Right. So. <laughs> but, uh, they're trying to get their money's worth on this, I guess. Get yep. get all get all the views. <laughs> yeah. Oof. But yeah, I'm never gonna see my movie Prey by Michael Crichton. Sad. You might. It just won't be called that, and that's gonna really frustrate you when it comes out. Wow, Jesse, it's like you know me. Yeah, I, I know you a little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, Prey, go see it if you haven't yet, or stream it up right now. You can just watch it from your home. Um, I will probably watch this again with the Comanche dub. I want to see how well that works. Um, but just FYI that it's out there. I did not know that. I first booted this up and I got confused and it was an unnecessary critique for me. But yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All Perfect. Right. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Um, thank you so much for listening to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Uh, we try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays. Uh, depending on how much I'm doing that weekend. Um, but if we got something wrong um, or I don't know my uh, predator lore as well as I should, please let us know at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we also uh, have a Patreon, so feel free to take a look in our description below. We'd love the support. And uh, like always, hey, keep it real. Keep it real.